We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, you fabulous soul, my sweet friend. I'm so honored to be connecting with you energetically in this moment. And just know that I'm holding you in my heart, my meditations, my prayers, and lifting you up. So, my dear friend, do you allow yourself to contemplate living the life of your dreams? Do you know what that would look like? And do you feel worthy of manifesting the life of your dreams? Today, I'm going to have a conversation with a wise and wonderful woman who had the courage to go for her dreams and now helps make other people's dreams a reality. Today, we're going to discuss possibilities, potential, share powerful life lessons, and reveal tools to help you turn up your wattage, access your power, align with your soul self, and shift in the direction of your dreams and heart's desires. I'm honored to share with you and have some sacred time with author, uplifter, and wise woman, Stefania Magidson. Stefania is the founder and president of Blue Heron Foundation, one of the largest nonprofit organizations in the Romanian dysphoria. Stefania received a degree in public health from the University of Utah and a master's in spiritual psychology from the University of Santa Monica. Stefania is a global citizen fluent in Romanian and Spanish who is dedicated to empowering her fellow human beings through strategic charitable giving and the support of education and the arts. Stefania is the co-producer of the film Omega Rose and the author of the book Searching for the White Magician. Stefania has a gift for discovering and exploring and an inner place that holds the lens of mystery through which life filters. She says we all have potential that is temporarily dormant, but if we want, we can access a wand of magic of sorts that can transform inner worlds into realities. And Stefania has said, let us choose a dream we've always had and transform it into reality. Stefania, thanks for saying yes to another show with me here today on Journey to Center. I'm so honored, Tammy. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Yes. And as I say your quote, let us choose a dream we've always had and transform it into reality. I get goosebumps and take a deep breath because I want to say yes to this. Can we talk about this? (laughs) I really think this is what our lives are about. It's about setting out on a quest, a quest, uh, you know, just going for our dreams. And in the process, just like in any legend or myth or story, we are going to run into into characters who help us along the way, situations and contexts who teach us, and also obstacles. And it's all about engaging with our full heart and going for our dreams and, you know, hoping to to reaching them and then also inspiring others in the process to do the same thing. Otherwise, what are we doing? We're just falling asleep here and uh, becoming depressed and feeling alienated and not being in touch with the meaning and purpose of life. And I do think that's how a lot of people are existing and it's not living, it's existing. And I was one of those people. 
But if we can look at those protagonists, antagonists, opportunities, challenges, and not just let them destroy us, make us feel like victims, if we can use those situations and challenges and opportunities to really dig deep, we have the potential to um, ascend and rise above and transform. And I've seen you do that in your life, which is an incredible inspiration to me. It's like, if Stefania can do this, we should all be able to do this. Yeah, it's true. Um, my, my trajectory has been somewhat dramatic because, yes. uh, you know, I was sort of going along in communist Romania where, where I had a, um, not an abundant life, but we had enough. It was, it was an okay life. When we moved to America because we had left communism, we couldn't, we couldn't sell our home or exchange any of the money we had. So we came here with almost nothing, with $400 and five suitcases and started from the very bottom of the pyramid and just having very menial jobs for many years while attending school and trying to receive an education and to build a career. And... Um, it's really this period of, of sort of, I call it the crawling in the mud period, that, that was so informative for me. And it, it uh, built so much strength inside. And I think it also prepared me for what was to come because it, just the way things unfolded through marriage uh, when I was about 27, I was catapulted at the top of the pyramid. So all of a sudden, I found myself in a on a financial and social platform that allowed me to, to realize that, that I was very fortunate. And I was also, over time, I realized I was in a position to give and to uplift. And I didn't hesitate to do so when I was in that position because I really knew what it took to go for dreams and to work hard. And I knew what it was like to be at the very bottom of the pyramid. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, it's like, um, the Lotus, it's like going, crawling through the mud. But I think if we have the courage and diligence, which you clearly did and do, and I, I would say that was true for me as well, we become the Lotus and, yes. um, we remember the journey and then hopefully, we can light the way and encourage and inspire and support others on that path of getting through the mud and blooming into their higher potential. Yes. And, you know, I live in Los Angeles, which I think, you know, it's such a seductive city mm -hmm. and the, the ego can really get a hold of us. So I think on so many levels, whether it's how I show up in my family for the nonprofit I run or just simply being a bearer of light in this city, in this very seductive city, um, you know, it, 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 I'm called to do the same thing, which is just to get in touch with my higher self and come from a very genuine and humble place because the traps are many and yes. the pull of the world and the pull of the senses, you know, they're, they're great, and, and we need to do our work in order to, to not fall prey and to stand our ground and to hold that torch of light. Mm. 
You put that so beautifully. Yes, I lived in Los Angeles for 15 years and the glamour and the glitz and the the sparkle of the world can definitely entice you and kind of hook you. And it, it did for me. It was very challenging and painful. Like something Buddha said, this world is illusion. This world is yeah. Maya. We can become yeah. dazzled by that. But we want to remember our inner light, the true glamour, yeah. true beauty, true fulfillment really comes from the soul, inward connection. And um, you are a profound point of light in Los Angeles. I was uh, plucked from L.A. (laughs) and deposited Mm. in Idaho, much to my ego's chagrin. (laughs) But I'm living light up here, and it's valid no matter where we are to line up with our soul and ask these big questions about how we can become more like a lotus and a light worker and a an expanded consciousness wherever we are and then allow that to just um, bloom and grow from, from there, to be informed from there. So, Absolutely. Yeah, we, we, we take our spirit wherever we go. That's the beauty <laughs> that's of it. True. That's true. I see people trying to uh, relocate, move, and thinking fulfillment somewhere out there, but it's like find your happy where you are and then you yeah. take it wherever you go and you can be informed on a deeper level. And I think ride the wave rather than try to push or create the wave, which to me is a far more pleasant way of existing. Yes, I, I so agree with that, Tammy. Absolutely. Yes. So you mentioned something that I found to be really interesting that was so helpful in my journey is um, you talk about belonging to different tribes. The word I would use is maybe archetypes. And we all have different aspects and archetypes within ourselves, different tribes. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. So um, I think it's so important on our journey through life to identify the groups or the tribes that we we resonate with where we feel that when we talk, we are understood. And when they talk about how they view reality, in other words, when, when their filter is used for what we call quote unquote reality, we resonate with that. And we say, yeah, that's how I see things. And that's what rings true to me. So um, I think once we find that we find a lot of stability, these tribes tend to anchor us in, in the work that we are meant to do here. And I think it validates us as people, our belief system, and they can be a source of, of tremendous richness because it's hard to do everything alone, whatever your path. So my, the three main tribes that I found over time to belong to are the tribe of the philanthropist or the the ones who are of service, then the tribe of, you know, the spiritual tribe. I feel very much at home there. And the third sort of major tribe is the tribe of the artist. I don't know that I'm so much an artist myself, although I I dabbled in in dance and... uh, art, graphic art, but it seems like I'm putting artists together. I love to go to poetry readings. I read a ton. I appreciate the lens of the artist, and I I find myself being engaged with them, whether networking, bringing them together, supporting some of their projects. 
Uh, I even I happened to also with my husband be the chair of the of the family council for the Tisch School of the Arts at NYU. So these three tribes uh, sometimes overlap, sometimes they don't, but it's where I feel the most comfortable. I also go to the TED conferences in Vancouver every spring. And as you know, they are mostly scientists and some philanthropists. Um, and I don't, I don't really resonate with a tribe of the scientists, but I so appreciate what they have to say. And I'm just, I love to absorb mm-hmm. um, when they talk about their discoveries and what's around the corner. It's sort of mesmerizing, and I, I love to stay informed. But I, I don't know that I belong to that tribe, but I... I um, sort of hang around that because I feel the information is is very important, and I look at how it overlaps with my other tribes. I I love everything you're saying here, and yes, I I agree with you in regards to like scientists. It's like I don't feel like I belong to that tribe, but I admire and respect it, and sometimes want to be somewhat informed by that, but I find after a while it makes me tired. <laughs> and you bring up such well, a great point. It's like, what wakes us up? What turns up our wattage? What what brings us into that place of alignment and light and joy? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be science for everyone, and that, but it doesn't mean that we reject it or we don't right. admire and respect it. It's just not my path. It's all valid. Uh, I know yeah. I'm quoting Mary Holnick here. It's all valid. It's all permitted. Yeah. So I say, you know, For um, sure. yeah, just figure out what brings you joy. And, and um, it's like listening to a radio station, line up with your network. <laughs> yeah. And then you'll attract and be attracted to other people of similar vibration and like mind. Yeah. So um, I'm really inspired by a lot of what you're talking about. And it makes me think, I know some of my tribes archetypes is, is beauty. It is the spiritual seeker. It is the artist. And, um, Horses for me is a big aspect. And sometimes, mm-hmm. again, like what you're saying, these things overlap and sometimes they don't. But to um, become aware of those different uh, tribes, subpersonalities, archetypes, and allow them each to have um, expression and opportunity in our lives. Because I think if we, if we don't explore and consider this on some level, we're going to be out of balance. And it's up to us to figure out what our our particular and unique shape and balance is. Yeah, I love how you're formulating it. I've never used archetype and tribes. uh, I've never used them interchangeably, but I'm going to think about it because it's it's very interesting. But I am, as an aside, fascinated by archetypes. And Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting how we how certain archetypes either repel or attract us to in other people. Yes. Um, and I love that you're saying that we need to give them a voice or a place where each of those parts can be expressed so that we do feel uh, balanced and healthy. We don't want to repress parts of ourselves. Uh, we want to express them and express them in a healthy, uplifting way, ultimately. Yes. And I've never, ever used the word tribe, but you're expanding my <laughs> mind and and giving me a lens to look at this from a slightly different perspective that I feel is very helpful and expansive. Mm-hmm. And um, I do feel we do need to give credence to all of our different aspects 
you know, I do have my horse tribe. I do have my creative tribe. There's certain people I call for certain events and experiences and, and I invite everybody, but there's certain um, situations where I know pe- certain people are going to show up because it's part of their soul's resonance. And mm-hmm. so um, I do feel if we don't give credence to all aspects, that on some level we won't feel fulfilled or satisfied. And I was just talking recently to some friends. Do you know 40% of people in America are obese? What is it they're hungry for? Because it's not food. It's God, not fulfilling I was that hunger. I flags the other day, and I could not believe it. Um, oh, just, yeah, I don't, it, I think it's just a, a combination of, uh, of um, being asleep, you know, yes. asleep, uh, quote unquote, asleep, and depression, the food industry, and habits, habits of mind and of, of behavior, exercise. Um, but yeah, I could not believe how, how many people were so young and so overweight all around me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what, what is it that you're really longing for? What is it you're really hungry for? Once I found the mandala, which was I was introduced to at... Um, University of Santa Monica, the Consciousness, Health, and Healing, that turned something on inside of me. I had struggled with an eating disorder prior to that, and I found what was deeply fulfilling for me, and it's Mm. like food found its rightful place in my reality, and then I Mm. found the horses, and then, um, you know, these other aspects that are very powerful in, in my particular reality, I became whole, and I love this saying by Latsu, be really whole and all things will come to you. So yeah. I think as we explore and give credence to our different aspects, find our tribes, that we become fulfilled, we become whole, and then life can become more of a joy-filled adventure. Yes, and it's ongoing. And I truly don't mean to, um, to judge in any way people who are, who are struggling, because so many of us struggle with things that are invisible. You know, we may not look overweight, uh, you know, on the outside, but... We have various addictions or habits that are really holding us back or affecting others negatively. And I didn't mean to just like focus on one particular group. I know I'm continuously working on stuff and letting go of patterns that don't serve me anymore. And I know also some of them take a really long time. And, uh, you know, some of it is hard work. It is hard work, and I don't think anybody that has decided to incarnate or on some level chose to incarnate as a human being is going to have just um, rainbows and, and unicorns and, you know, grace 100% of the time. That's not what this reality is about. It is duality. And yeah. um, I like we were something. we self-realized, yeah, we would yes, leave the planet. We, would, then. we wouldn't need to be here, yeah. you know, um, although there have been ascended masters um, I don't think the majority of us walking around are. And I no. think um, it was a quote. I, I don't know who this came from, but I remember Ron and Mary saying this. You know, the only emotion left for the fully realized human being is infinite, unbearable compassion. Yeah. And so, and give people the dignity of their process, even if it doesn't look very dignified. So rather than yeah. to go into judgment, just go into compassion. And I think when one has struggled enough, which I you have, and which I believe I, I have, yeah. compassion becomes the go-to emotion rather than the judgment. It does. Um, God, it's, 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 it's such a big, um, 
emotion or state inside of us. I, I was reading recently, too, that our higher self, the direct expression of our higher self is through service. And when I think of service, I think of compassion in action. Mm-hmm. So I think compassion, service, higher self, they are interrelated. They are just a circle. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's the higher self at work. Oh, I love that. Gosh, I could just talk to you forever. <laughs> We're on the same wavelength. Oh, you're part of my tribe. I just adore yes. you, Stefania. So I'd love for you to do a quick shout out for people that are really resonating with your message. How can they find out about um, Blue Heron? How can they find about you? How can they grab a copy of your book, Searching for the White Magician? Yes. So those who are interested in finding out more about the Foundation I've been I started and have been running for 16 years called Blue Heron Foundation. I invite them to go to www.blueheronfoundation.org, and we are also on Facebook. You know there are ongoing activities that we post all the time. We post at least once or twice a week. Um, if they want to write to me directly, info at blueheronfoundation.org, and if they want to find the book I wrote online. The easiest way would be at Amazon. If they just type in my name, Stefania Magatson, or if they write in Searching for the White Magician, the title of the book, it should pop up. So yeah, those are the different ways that they can uh, get in touch with me or purchase the book or contribute it anyways. We have mentors and financial contributors for the foundation. And 100% of all donations have always gone directly to the students we help, as I'm fortunate enough to cover all expenses. So we've always um, given all of the money away, everything that has to do with infrastructure and whatever, lawyer fees, accounting fees. As the founder, I've always covered them. Wow. Well, you are certainly a generous... um soul and and a profound uh, light in the world. And I'm very inspired by this conversation and just by your presence. And I'm just um, just so blessed to be sharing you with our listeners. Thank you. And very quickly, I just want to, to also let people know that no calling is too small, that even mm. those who are not called to, be, to build big nonprofits or to become presidents of countries or, you know, we have so much that we can, so much work to do on our own. And then by, by doing our inner work, we end up spreading a strong light, first of all, in our families and then in our circles and communities. So I really want to put the message out there for, for those who maybe don't feel called to uh, climb, I don't know what, humongous mountain to let them know that no calling is too small and to aim for becoming a self-realized person, to leaning toward the light, because by doing that, you really uplift yourself, your family, and your community, and that's how the ripple effect happens. 
Yes, don't discount your light and what you do. I um, was struggling thinking I wanted to do something huge and significant. And then I ran across this quote from Mother Teresa. There are no great things. There's only small things done with great love. But I see you as an example of doing small things with great love. And that has continued to expand and up-level and expand and up-level and expand and up-level. It's not like you did this overnight. It's just exactly. Uh, I and I, like I say, just wanted to express something that was important to me yes. in front of me. I didn't say I'm going to raise X money, X amount of money in X number of years. I don't like that pressure, but I do want to do to give everything that I have and to feel exhausted at the end of the day from doing what I love. Mm, I love that. I like the saying, crawl before you walk, before you run, before you fly. And you, Stefana, are one who flies. Mm. And it's a pleasure to watch you and to know a bit about you and your story. And I'm going to be keep my eyes on you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I'm, I'm honored by how you see me. And I've learned enough through these years to know that all perception is projection. So you are equally um, beautiful and uh, enlightening, enlightened, and you wouldn't see all these qualities in me unless you were projecting them from, from inside yourself. So mm-hmm. I know it's all there, but thank you for seeing me in this beautiful light. Yes. Well, it is, it is such a, an honor and a blessing to be dancing with you in this way. And I want to say to my friends and listeners that have been part of this dance today that I'm honored, so incredibly honored by your presence in my life. And nothing makes me happier than to connect, to be in relationship. Mm-hmm. And I so love to be in relationship with you on Facebook or to receive an email from you. Um, it just brings me great joy. So just please know that I'm holding you in my heart and my meditations and my prayers. Just know that I'm sending you blessings that you align with your soul self and live a life of joy, peace, grace, ease, and great love. So God bless you. Take very good, gentle care of yourself. Onward and upward. Bye for now. 